1450 AM WKXL, 103.9 FM in the Concord area, 101.9, our brand new signal in Manchester, and always streaming at nhtalkradio.com. This is In Touch with Kale and Cormier. Jane, how are you today? I am good, Mr. Kale, and how are you this fine day? I am doing just fine. I guess you'll have to call me that (laughs) since we have two Kens in the room, right? right? There it is. And and Ken Iring... Uh, has had the courage to come back on and be on this show a second time. Oh my goodness! A second timer here on Kale and Cormier. <laughs> I don't know if that's that has precedent or not, but uh, Ken, if you missed him the first time around, is the co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project. And just briefly, in capsule form, Ken, first of all, welcome back. Uh, just give us a, a brief. Uh, you know, description of what the Government Integrity Project is all about for those who missed it the first time. Well, we're, uh, we're an organization that believes that the government works for the people, and we hold our elected and appointed government officials accountable. You put their feet to the fire, in other words. Yes, we do. There you sizzle, go. sizzle, although, sizzle. Oh, although in this weather, you know, it's not such a bad thing. <laughs> no. No. Well, <laughs> let's uh, you talk a little bit about what Governor Sununu uh, would like to do yeah. in, in the state of New Hampshire. His, his quest, as far as COVID is concerned, is to have everyone five years of age and over vaccinated. That's correct. And that, that to me, is very disturbing because when you listen— you know, everybody says follow the science. Well, if you're going to follow the science, you should follow the science of the scientist who invented the mRNA technology. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. So before I get, so that's Dr. Robert Malone. But before I get into that, I want to raise concerns as to why it's not feasible, why it's not valid, why it's potentially dangerous for the children five years and older. So I've done a lot of research on this, and I've written about these maybe half a dozen articles uh, in the Granite Rock. And when, when I saw that Governor Sununu wanted to implement his program using federal grant money and take about, I think it was four point something million dollars uh, to get 125,000 children between the ages of five and 11 vaccinated, you know, I found that to be very disturbing because uh, back at the end of last year, Sweden and Denmark both halted the use of the, of the Moderna vaccination on their residents, uh, 30 and under due to potential side effects. And a few days later, Iceland banned the Moderna vaccine for everyone. So there are issues with those vaccines. And I, when I say vaccines, you know, I, I want quotations around them because they're really not vaccines. Uh, you know, and, and, and as I did further testing, you look at uh, the European Medicines Agency, and they've reported over 1.1 million adverse drug reactions and over 30,000 fatalities. So these are issues, and now he wants to bring these types of potential harm to our children. Uh, you know, so, and, and one of the programs that I've seen pro- cropping up all across New Hampshire is that they have, you know, clinics in our schools. Our schools were not intended to be outposts for shooting, you know, shooting these vaccines into our children's arms. Right. Uh, mistakes have been made uh, where parents have said, I don't want my child to have a vaccine. That's outrageous. Uh, it's unacceptable. And when you uh, listen to 
experts like Dr. Robert Malone, uh, this is just about the vaccine itself. Uh, he says that uh, when the vaccine is in its waning phase, right, because now we know that, you know, it doesn't last more than a month or two, uh, it causes the virus to replicate more efficiently than it would otherwise. And they call that antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE. So in essence, the vaccine, and this is a quote from him, the vaccine causes the virus to become even more infectious than would happen in the absence of vaccination. So they're actually harmful for taking the vaccine in that waning phase of, the, of its efficacy. And, um, and those observations are supported by data in England and Germany and other countries. And um, Robert Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, who is uh, the, the founder and the chairman of the Children's Defense uh, Organization, uh, he's, his organization submitted a FOIA request uh, for all data and information for the Pfizer vaccine because they wanted to know what data was used to approve that mm. to be uh, a licensed product. And uh, the FDA responded that it's going to need 55 years, quote, to fully release all those documents connected to the approval of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine. It took them 100 days, 108 days to approve it, but only 55, but it's going to take 55 years to release that data. So something's not right. There seems to be, uh, you know, some people and or organizations that are colluding with each other, and they're hiding uh, information from the public. And when I say the public, you know, we're the we're the government in yeah. our in our constitutional republic. We are the government, and everybody's kind of lost track of that. Yeah. So it's all disturbing. It's very disturbing. You know, there's so much information out there on both sides of this issue. Of course, mainstream media would like you to think that um, every, all of the narratives that they're pushing forward, that everybody needs to be vaccinated, and if you're a caring human being, you're going to get vaccinated, and they take it to an extreme um, that makes those folks that follow that side uh, doubt what you're saying is with the factual part. I mean, the developer of this vaccine has come out, and I did re recently read one of his paper, one of his um, pieces. And when you put all of the words aside, when you put all of the words from both sides to the side, what parent would ever put into their child's body a substance that there is no doubt at best, at best, that we have no idea how it will affect them down the road. Okay, so let's say that I believe in all of the vaccinations and the wonderful supposed quote vaccinations. They're not vaccinations because they have not been proven. Understand the difference between a flu shot and a vaccine. This is not a vaccine. This is testing on people. Great. If you want that and you're an adult, go for it. I had a vaccine. I will never have a booster. Nothing's going to happen like that to me again. But that's even less important than what they're going to do with children that aren't developed fully yet. We're now going to put a foreign substance into their body that has not been tested. We don't know what it's going to do. Why would a parent choose to do that? Who do you feel, Ken, is colluding? Well, yeah, I use that word. Uh, it seems like uh, there's a lot of different, 
There's a lot of different people and a lot of different organizations that are involved in this, and it's unfortunate. It's our government. It's our, our federal agencies. It's people like uh, Dr. Fauci. It's the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who comes up, you know, when you talk about science, when I was in school, science was um, the process of coming up with a theory and then trying to prove and or disprove that theory. And so you'd have con- conflicting uh, data, and you'd have to analyze that. And I find it very troubling in a country like America where one of our, our um, foundational rights is the First Amendment, where you have the right to free speech, and people are being canceled mm-hmm. from social media, uh, and people who are very um, uh, authoritative on this subject are being canceled and dismissed and bullied and belittled. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, there, there's people are finally becoming aware of what's really happening because we have alternative social media platforms. And people like Dr. Robert Malone are getting their message out mm-hmm. and Dr. Peter McCullough and, uh, and many others. Uh, you've got organizations like the... Um, uh, what's that? Uh, the FLCCC, which is the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance, uh, one of their founders, and uh, it came to New Hampshire uh, last week, and he he testified on a bill that would make make it possible for anyone in New Hampshire, any New Hampshire resident, to go to a pharmacy and buy ivermectin without a doctor's prescription. Now. There's no reason why that shouldn't happen. Uh, his testimony was awesome. He spoke for about 12 minutes. Uh, you know, I just want to read a couple of excerpts from sure. what he said. These are his words, not mine. He said, this is, not a, this is not controversial. It has been made controversial by politics and special interests. I've been practicing critical care for 35 years. I've published over 600 peer-reviewed papers. After penicillin, quote, all of these are quotes, this is the second most important drug ever produced. It has saved hundreds of thousands of lives across this planet in poor, underserved countries. It is the WHO's list, it is on the WHO's list of essential medicines. 3.7 billion, with a B, doses have been dispersed to humans, to human beings, Mm -hmm. not horses. Okay, and that point, when you were speaking about, when we were talking about colluding, this is how it comes, this is how it happens. So we now know that this drug, ivermectin, does work or, you know, has a place in this debate, right? At the very least, has a place in the debate. There are those that, rather than to allow this debate to come forward, will shut it down by putting out misinformation that, like, ivermectin is what they use on horses, right? So that when the, when the drug comes into the conversation of the regular folks, they've heard that tidbit from the left, and now they think that this is like some weird horse drug that we're going to give people, Rather than having the people be informed that this drug is something that people have been taking taking for a very long time, that's the that's the collusion. The collusion lies in 
not allowing the truth to be heard, shutting down the truth so that the narrative that they want heard, they want you know present in the public, is the one that we're hearing. And folks, that is not that crazy, you know, that crazy right side talk. This is happening. And I think when you said people are waking up, I, I believe that that is true. I am seeing things from kids teaching in school, fellow teachers, which by and large tend to be a pretty progressive bunch. Not all, but yeah. Parents, I know a couple myself. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> parents that are now waking up and saying things that I never thought I would hear uttered from, from them. It, with regard to them smelling that this just smells bad. This is just not right. And so the colluding thing at the, on the face might sound like too big, too crazy, right? But what is it? It's what we just said. When they start to shut down the full story or when they try to make fun of something mm-hmm. that they know is important, that's, that's what, what is used to change the narrative, that kind of technique. So it's very prevalent. We're seeing it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've had the belief for a long time that uh, most of the government and those that they collude with don't think we can handle the truth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. Well, if I could continue on this. Sure. Because I think that, see, I think it's better to quote these experts than to give my opinion of how mm-hmm. I've interpreted what they have said. Using their words, they become, in my mind, indisputable. Um, so the, the, the person who testified, his name is Dr. Merrick, and he said that ivermectin acts on a number of different pathways to inhibit viral replication. He said, this, it's not theoretical. This is shown in the lab, and it's shown in patients, and it kills the virus. So any assumption that it doesn't work is false propaganda. He said you'll see an 83% improvement in prophylaxis trials, 66% improvement in early trials, 34% improvement in late trials, and a 52% reduction in mortality. So it reduces deaths by half. At, even at the late stage. Yes, yes, it reduces deaths by half. And he, and he said that, you know, the and he even pointed out uh, what you had pointed out, to, uh, Jane, about the... FDA's statement that you are not a horse, you are not a cow, seriously, y'all, stop it. You should not not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19 using the drug drug ivermectin, which can be dangerous and even lethal. Mm -hmm. He said that is an outright lie. It's dishonest and it's an outrage. And he went on to say that ivermectin is safe in 79 countries. It's approved for use in 79 countries. He said, let's look at the COVID-19 vaccines for one year. 14,000 deaths and over 2 million adverse events. And that does not include the 20,000 deaths in the VARS database, which is probably a tenth of all deaths due to the vaccine. So, you know, there's all kinds of issues here. He went on to compare um, uh, ivermectin to remdesivir, which is part of the federal government's protocol, suggested protocol for hospitals to treat patients. So I was in the hospital, and they wanted to give me remdesivir, and I said no. 
And they were pretty adamant about it. Everyone who came in the room, you know, you want remdesivir? No, well, why not? And I said, because my doctor recommends against it. You know, my doctor understands, and he reads these types of things, and he listens to the experts. So when he compared uh, remdesivir to ivermectin, the cost of remdesivir is $3,000 a shot. Oh, my God. It's five shots and maybe ten shots. The cost of ivermectin for each dose is pennies, literally pennies. It costs like two cents to make uh, ivermectin. Remdesivir increases the risk of death by 4%. Ivermectin reduces the risk of death by 50%. That is There's crazy. no comparison. Wow. He's, and so, as you said, this has been used effectively in 79 countries. 3.7 billion doses for decades. It's not a dangerous drug. If you go on... The uh, uh, NIH website, uh, it, it, it refers to ivermectin as a miracle drug, and it compares it to two other miracle drugs, uh, which are aspirin and um, uh, penicillin. Wowie-zowie. You know what? I'm pretty well-informed. I like to think anyway. I, I think that's true. But you know what? I had no idea the level of dishonesty with with that drug. I had no idea until you said just now the level right. of dishonesty there. Unbelievable. You want me to go on? Oh, <laughs> continue. Well, sure. let, let me switch over to Robert Malone. Again, this is the guy who invented the mRNA technology. So if anybody's going to know how this affects us, it's him. So he released uh, a, a statement, and he said that it, this is a warning for before you inject your children with the vaccine, please read this. Yes. And he said that there are three issues parents need to understand. The first is that a viral gene will be injected into your children's cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike proteins. These proteins often cause permanent damage in children's critical organs, including their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. Those, once these damages have occurred, they are irreparable. You can't fix lesions within their brain. You can't repair heart tissue scarring. You can't repair a genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine can cause reproductive damage that could cause future, could, could affect future generations of your family. That's the first thing. The second thing you need to know is that the no novel technology has not been adequately tested. Mm -hmm. We need at least five years of testing slash research before we can really understand the risks. Right. So how can these companies, I'm going off on my comment now, how can they make a statement that these vaccines are safe? They don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not proven for five years. Absolutely. Mm. We talked uh, you know, about Operation Warp Speed. It, was this vaccine, you know, it, did it come along too quickly without proper testing? Uh, 
how do you how do you explain how it got out there without you know people having knowledge that how how damaging it could possibly be well you know it was released as an EUA which is uh, emergency use authorization so people who uh, stepped up and voluntarily wanted to get the vaccine that's up to them mm-hmm. right because that's what the EUA is now the the Cominarty, uh, that's the approved version of the Pfizer vaccine. That's not being dispensed in the U.S. They're still dispensing the, uh, the EUA version of the Pfizer vaccine. So with all of these mandates that have been out there, and some of them have just been recently repealed, people have been forced to take vaccines that are not approved. This goes against the Nuremberg Code. Mm-hmm. You know, this goes against the, uh, the, the informed consent. You know, this, this, there are so many troubling issues surrounding what's gone on over the mm-hmm. past year and a half with this virus and the, and the forceful coercion and, uh, you know, of people uh, being put into a position where they have to choose That's between right. their job right. and therefore being able to put a roof over their heads right. and food on the table for Horrible. their family. Horrible. It's absolutely Horrible. Unconscionable. You know, we should mention here that these are the RNA vaccines that we're discussing today. That's because there's a genetic code that delivers the drug, you know, the vaccine into the into the system. It is different delivery for the Johnson vac- Johnson and Johnson vaccine. That is not an NRA MR is it an NRA or M. Right, right, but that has issues too. Yeah, absolutely. But the one we're specifically talking about tricks your RNA. It's the Moderna and the Pfizer. Correct. um, That trick your RNA to make these spike proteins under the thought that those are going to help kill, right, kill kill COVID. Um, But now we're finding out things were not what they seemed. Well, we have to take a quick break here, but we will get back to uh, more of our conversation with uh, Ken Eyring, uh, Ken, the co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project, here on In Touch with Kale and Cormier on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back. It's In Touch with Kale and Cormier, Ken Kale, Jane Cormier, and our guest today for the uh, second time on this program is Ken Eyring, and uh, Ken is the uh, co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project, and we are learning some incredible facts today that uh, I'm sure many of us, including me, are hearing for the first time mm-hmm. and gives us pause to really think about the quote-unquote vaccine that many of us have taken, and in, in particular, children, right? Uh, which uh, we are certainly concerned about. And uh, Governor Sununu has said that he wants everyone five years of age and over in the state Horrible. to be <laughs> vaccinated. And uh, I, I tell you what, now we're going to have to pause a little bit and, and think about this. I mean, everybody was thrilled to get the vaccine when it came along, but we're finding out that it's not as effective and could be quite damaging, a lot more so than we ever would have thought. Absolutely. Don't forget the vaccine when it first came out wasn't for children, right? That was one of the things that predicated you can get it if you were an adult. And in my mind, okay, 
make the decision, make an informed decision, which sadly wasn't informed. But why we have our state government pushing to have babies Mm. injected with this vaccine is unconscionable. How can we assume that they haven't heard the science that we're discussing today? How do they get to be in that seat that says that your five-year-old needs to have this put into their body? When did our state government get so powerful as to be able to so usurp the parental rights to decide, right, not to put anything, never mind in themselves, but to not support that? You know, are they going to have any vaccination card coming coming forward to get into school? Is Are we heading down the road where now you can't go to school unless you have your vaccination card? You know, you have to have that. If if that's where we're going, we better wake up fast because we're halfway down that road right now. Yeah, we're, we're much closer, I think, to having that be a reality. But I think I think some people are waking up. Um, England has... Uh, drastically reduced their mandates and uh, you know other countries are waking up as well you know one of the things that I think should be considered is the governor received uh, a tremendous amount of donations from the pharmaceutical and health products organizations uh, the last time I looked it was uh, close to ninety three thousand dollars as as have most politicians yes and uh, you know but that's influence you yeah. know when you take that kind of money you know it's sometimes is quid pro quo that is tied to that and you know he was elected to represent us uh, not these organizations but unfortunately that seems how our government has been working right now uh, you know when when people challenge the fact that these vaccines are dangerous um, you know, I try to put out data that it, that comes from reputable organizations. And, you know, one of the things associated with, um, with the heart issues comes from the American Heart Association. They published a paper uh, recently that says, quote, we conclude that the mRNA vaccine dramatically increases inflammation on the endothelium and T-cell infiltration of cardiac muscle and may account for the observations of increased thrombosis, cardiomyopathy, and other vascular events following vaccination. It's important to know that Taiwan has banned the Pfizer vaccine injections for children 5 to 11 years old. So why are we giving them to our children here in New Hampshire? Mm -hmm. That's a question that needs to be answered. That's a question that needs to be asked to the governor, and it needs to be answered. And it's not just here. I mean, no. it's uh, not just a New Hampshire issue. Oh, no. It's all over the place. And th- that is very scary. That's a very scary part of it. And, uh, well, so where do we go from here? How, how can we demand that uh, our government, uh, state officials, uh, national uh, congressmen, senators, uh, doctors like Dr. Fauci, how do we get the truth out of them? That's a good trick. I mean, the, the yeah. truth of the matter is, is there's, it's become so, you know, everything has become so caught in the web. There's many different influences for how we got here. It wasn't just the medical. It's medical. It's social. It's political. I mean, it's sometimes just power, human beings, you know, maintaining their power and their position and prestige. And um, I, I bet you would be hard-pressed to find any congressman, senator, governor 
that did not have significant contributions from the True. pharmaceutical community. True. I agree. And that's that's where the problem is. You know, we, you know, our country was founded on the principle of representative government. And in the beginning, that's how it worked. Okay, but the people listening here will put this to you. Okay, let's get your thought on this. So, you know, so Ken is Ken Kale saying, yeah, okay, uh, you know, politicians will have businesses that are going to, uh, you know, support financially. That's a given. And it's true. Um, that what we have to figure out is when we put someone in office, who are they beholden to? And if we see that that politician in office is not beholden to his constituents, and we put them in again and again and again, who's, who's at fault? It's, guess what? It's us. It's, it's, it's insidious. Jane, what you just said and the positions that you take, it's why I've supported you every time you've run for office. <laughs> you are all about what the meaning of true public servant is. Well, I okay. mean, that meeting is there. I don't know how people can't look at it and see it for what it is and, and, and excuse it. That, to me, that's inexcusable to do that. Just can't, my mind does not go around that. But that's where we are. Right. That's, that's exactly where we are. And uh, how, how do we reverse course? We I reverse mean, course it, uh, by, by changing the governor. Yeah. Sorry. And I know that many well, people say, oh, you know what? Fiscally, you know, there's the argument out there in, the, in, the, in his base that, you know, fiscally he's a good governor. Well, great. He's fiscally a good governor. He's also pushing to, to, to vaccinate five-year-old babies with something that we have no idea how they are going to to be, you know, what's going to happen to them. And that other countries have banned because of the danger it is to their children. If it's dangerous to their children, it's dangerous for ours as well. And it's not just that. That is the, the thing that we see that we can point to. The 80 state troopers that showed up to influence people sitting in their seats and shutting up, to me, bespeaks exactly why we need a new governor. Our, he doesn't own us. He doesn't rule over us. He works for us. 80, 80 state troopers in a meeting like that is a disgrace. For 150 people. For 150. And, and it shows where he is, right? And doesn't that demonstrate where he is? With nine arrests for no reason. Holy moly. I mean. One person was charged with saying amen. Are you kidding me? Wow. Well. Yeah, you know what? So politics plays in in a way here that if we don't like what we have, we get to change it. And we've and perhaps this is a time to be thinking about change on our state level. If we want New Hampshire strong, we better start paying attention because we keep losing our way. The executive council that voted to put this money in this state. Shameful. Shameful. And I would never have thought it possible. I mean, I was absolutely, and I did speak to the counselors that did vote for that money, that spoke, you know, always as strong conservatives. And then they hear, they backed up after, after saying no to the money. They turned around, and then they voted for it at the end of a long, 
you know, meeting with no one knowing it was coming up. That's right. It Shame. wasn't even on the agenda. It was Shame. put on at the last minute. Right. So so they could get it through with the, what they thought with the least amount of, you know, to do. Yep. But they, I like, I like these people that serve us in the executive council. The majority, really, they're friends, right? But, but they were... They were. It's just inexcusable what happened. And now we have that money playing in our state from the federal government. Again, we're supposed to be strong states, right? The only way to fight corruption in the federal government is for strong states, independent states. That's the way it's supposed to be. And here we have all this money now coming in and tinting everything. A bad, you know, it's just bad. And it was the governor and executive council that got this one started. And that's... That needs to be addressed. But why can't we be better informed by the AMA or the CDC? I mean, why why are they going along with all this? Because they have their role to play, too, right? The CDC? Are you kidding? I mean, they probably have so much mud on their face right now that if they don't keep the narrative going the way it is, they, they stand to lose an awful lot of prestige. And let's face it, we're big fat nothings to these people. Behind the curtain is where all the business is getting going, and everybody's got their little piece of the pie going. We all know. Everybody knows that that's how, we, how it works. But you know what I've always believed? The cleanest, I don't know if it's 100%, but the cleanest way, or the way to clean up your politics, is at the most, at the smallest grassroots level. Local, local, local. State, state, state. And New Hampshire isn't, lost yet. New Hampshire can still make New Hampshire the place to be if we pay attention now to what's happening. Right. And on top of that, Jane, I agree with you. It's local, especially in New Hampshire, local and state. We have the largest legislature, legislative body, the third largest legislative body in the world. And that makes it that makes our government, our state government, much more accountable to the people. Every state rep, for every state rep, they represent about 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. So when you call them up and you express concerns, they listen. That's not how it works in states like California and New York. Yeah, or even Massachusetts, right next door to us. Right. right. And I think what we need to do is we need to go back to the roots of our founding documents as they specify our government is supposed to work, and we... And we greatly reduce the size of our federal government to only the tasks and the rights and the authority that they have. And if you do that, most of those federal agencies are going to be removed and And shut down. And that's a long-term endeavor for sure. That's that's an endeavor that's going way beyond our lifetime. But we got to start. We've got to start in the state. Start in the state. You know what happened? Was it Virginia? That had the governor that that the conservative governor that came in. What was his North? Is it Northrop? No, he's the guy who got uh, defeated. Oh, yeah, yeah, he defeated Northrop. I can't remember his name right now, but that governor came into office first day. Wowie zowie, puts in boom boom boom, knocks all this stuff out, puts in new stuff. That's pro public, pro parents in education, pro big state state uh, government, and you know what? That's that talk was national, right? That, that conversation is still right. happening. What If more states did that. That's correct. That sends a message to the big guys or the supposed big guys above us, right? The, the tentacles of the federal government. But it all starts 
in the house, in the households, and it starts in local, and it starts in state. And then the narrative grows. And, you know, I used to say that when I was running so many years ago, when, when I had to primary someone in my community that was, you know, just crazy left, but saying he wasn't. His voting record was, mm-hmm. you know, very left, very progressive. But, you know, you have to talk to the folks. You have to get to the folks, and, and it's time-consuming. And people have lives. People have jobs. People have things to do. How do you get to the folks? That's, that's why it's so hard to make this message, you know, connect to the level it needs to. Yeah, yep. no doubt. Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin. Yes. Yes. You got it. I, I, yeah. That's good. Google is a wonderful Thank thing. Thank you. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> We have to take a break here on uh, In Touch with Kale and Cormier with our guest, Ken Iring, the co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project and uh, opening our eyes quite a bit uh, today here on WKXL. We'll be back after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back to uh, this edition of In Touch with Kale and Cormier. Ken Kale, Jane Cormier, Ken Iring is with us. Ken, the co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project. Uh, we have been uh, talking about the quote-unquote vaccine today and some of the mandates, uh, not only here in the state, but uh, throughout the country as well. We're certainly not alone in that regard. And, and when you hear the facts as you've presented them today by some authorities, some, you know, renowned medical people, doctors and the like, uh, it, it really is very, very scary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it really and truly is. I know I have two uh, grandchildren under the age of 10 that have both been vaccinated. And I'm sure the same is true for A lot of many, people. many yeah. millions of people uh, around the country and throughout the world, uh, for that matter. We're not alone, really, in this country, uh, vaccinating oh, no. children. No, that's right. Yeah. And, in fact, we're getting near the end, aren't we? I'd, I'd, I'd like to make sure that I get one more quote Oh, you here. bet, yeah. And yeah. this is from the CEO of Pfizer. He made a statement a couple weeks ago. He said two doses of the vaccine offers very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths, uh, and that isn't very good, and less protection against infection. That's coming from the guy who's running Pfizer. So is it really worth injecting this experimental vaccine in your arm, in the arms of your family, when, when all these other experts have also said that there are risks and concerns? The, the uh, American Heart Association, Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Robert, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm. I mean, there's so many different studies. There's so many different adverse side effects. Uh, there's deaths that have been documented, not only in this country, but in other countries yeah, around the world. Yeah, we hear about them in, in the other countries, specifically athletes just you They're know, drop, dropping. dropping dead. That's right. Steve McDonald wrote a, a piece on the Granite Rock, and yeah. he had over 90 different stories of 90 different athletes with adverse effects, most of them deaths. Crazy. It is. It's very, very disturbing. Hmm. Well, it is. Uh, it's mind-boggling. It is. Uh, uh, it, it really and truly is. So, uh, you know, the, the information you've brought forth today is, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, Scaring a lot of people, for one thing, that Good. have already had 
all the doses and are fully vaccinated. But you know what? And the it's, information it's, is good. And if information that, is great. And that's that's why I say I think the government and the AMA, the CDC, you know, they they don't think people want to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's their belief. Maybe they're it's, afraid people will hear the truth. Well, that, that could be too. But I, I, I think in many cases they don't think people can handle it. But Maybe. Give us that choice anyway. Indeed. That yeah. is our right to yeah. have that choice. Yeah. Hey, did you know that deaths, that this is, comes from an Indiana life insurance company, CEO, that deaths are up 40% among people aged 18 to 64? Yeah. That's in one state, right? Uh, that's across our country. Across the country? Wow. And that, that is since the implementation of that's the vaccine. Correct. That's, that's correct. That's yeah. correct. And these are non-COVID deaths. Non-COVID. Yeah. Well, Ken, is there any place that the folks can go to read um, your articles? You know, yeah. where can we go so that if somebody has a question or wanted to pick something right. up, where can they get it? Wonderful place. Uh, there's two places, actually. Um, they can go to the uh, governmentintegrityproject.org. Uh, a shortcut to that would be gipamerica.org. Uh, and we have a blog site, and they can find them very quickly there because, uh, you know, all of these – that. Most of those are written by me. Uh, they can also go to the graniterock.com, G-R-A-N-I-T-E-G-R-O-K.com, and uh, they can search for articles that were written by me, and they'll find them there as well. Wonderful. And that's good. That's a good resource to just maybe get some information. That's perhaps information you wouldn't get you know, most places. Yes. Yes, most places, for sure. We have to take one more quick break, and then we'll be back uh, for a couple more minutes with our fascinating guest today, back for a second time. Ken Iring is the co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project here on In Touch with Kale and Cormier on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and vicinity, and always streaming at uh, nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back to In Touch with Kale and Cormier. Ken Kale, Jane Cormier, and our guest Ken Iring, the co-founder and president of the Government Integrity Project. We only have a couple of minutes left, unfortunately, and I, I'm sure, uh, Ken, we could go on and on uh, about this, but uh, is there anything that, and, and, and uh, certainly it's a, a topic that uh, should be of interest to everyone Absolutely. of any age. Uh, is there anything that uh, you would like to, to leave us with uh, today? I think I'd like to leave you with a quote from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, he said that this, we need to dissolve here, resolve here and now that this is the hill we need to die on. Talking about vaccines for our children. We need to protect our children. He said that um, they have come for our jobs, they have come for our transport, now they are coming for our children. We have an obligation as parents to protect them. There has never been a government in history that has told its people we are going to demand that children sacrifice and take risks to save old people. It's always the other way around. The old, the mature, the adults always put themselves at risk to protect our children. This is an ethical issue. It's a moral issue. It's an issue of character for each of us. And it's an issue about the preservation of democracy and public health. We all need to stand up now and do everything that we can to block these power plays by authoritarian powers that are trying to steal from us 
the health of our children. Wow. Pretty strong. It is strong words from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right mm-hmm. there. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. And again, uh, Ken, for those who didn't have a paper and pencil handy, uh, just give us the information one more time when they can uh, read these these articles, uh, some of the quotes that you presented today. Uh, give us the, uh, the websites again. You can go to gipamerica.org. Uh, and go to the blog section of that, or you can go to granitrock.com, G-R-A-N-I-T-E-G-R-O-K.com. Very Thank good. You. Yep. Once again, uh, Ken, you know, we talked about uh, voting rights uh, last time around with <laughs> Ken, and I'm sure we'll, we could take that up again with Ken in a future program, but I want to thank you on behalf of Jane and myself for uh, presenting some facts that uh, are not heard on uh, uh, much of the mainstream media. And uh, we appreciate you being here again. Uh, this is not honor to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jane, thank you. My pleasure. It wraps up another edition of In Touch with Kale and Cormier. We hope you can join us next time on 1450 AM WKXL 103.9 FM in Concord and 101.9 FM in the Manchester area. And, of course, streaming 24 hours a day at nhtalkradio.com.